This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 75, The Base Theory. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. Unstoppable. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. This episode has been one I have had planned for years. Yes, years. I think maybe five years. I've had this note jock on my phone called the base theory, and I've been putting information on this note to put together this theory that I have about life. (laughs) And I'm excited to share with you today. It's like I'm birthing this baby into the world a little bit by sharing this. And a part of me thinks, oh, I don't know. I don't know if the baby needs to cook longer. Maybe it's a little premature. But a part of me is like, no, just put it out there and see how it resonates with people and see how it opens up so many, you know, new doors for them and new awareness for them. Because I know for me, as I've put this theory together, it has been so extremely eye-opening about um, just some different things in life, about why I felt the way that I feel and why some people succeed more than others. And um, it shows possible patterns of behavior in yourself and others that you may not even realize. And so again, listen today with an open mind as always, and just start to really take in everything that I say today of, okay, how does this apply to me? How could this help me? Because no matter what, you should always go into everything with that kind of thought of, okay, I'm going to take the nuggets of wisdom from this and apply to my life and grow from this, but especially from today's, because I'm going to talk about just some general concepts. Some of them may go over your head right now. And some of them may seem like, duh, doesn't everybody know that? And some of them may really hit home. So again, just just listen intently to today's episode and really see what, what strikes you, okay? So let's talk about what this whole base theory thing is. So many years ago, I was just sitting there passively watching a documentary on Netflix. I don't even remember which one it was. I want to say it was called A Path of Peers, but I'm not quite sure. So anyways, I'm watching this documentary and they're just talking about poverty and really poverty isn't necessarily about the amount of money that you have, but it's about um, your belief system and about having hope, especially and people who are truly in poverty are the ones who don't have hope. And, um, 
What's so funny is that there is an assessment out there called the VIA. And the VIA, it's spelled V-I-A, and it tests your strengths, but it tests your character strengths. So I talk about often an assessment called Clifton Strengths that, touches, that tests more of your natural talents. This one is your character strengths. And on the VIA, my number one character strength is hope and providing hope to other people and just, again, showing them there's, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, no matter where they are. Right. And so I just found that so interesting because most of my life I have felt really rich, even when I haven't had a lot of money, because I realized from watching this documentary is that I've always had hope. I've always known that there's something better for me out there. And I can't even imagine not having hope. And so my mind just started spinning of, okay, you know, there is something out there that is keeping people stuck. And yes, we could look at it from a hope perspective, um, but it's really something deeper than that. And I started thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So if you don't know what that is, it's pretty popular out there in the psychology world. Some people say it's a load of crap. Other people love it. I'm personally somebody who finds a lot of value from Maslow's triangle. And so if you've never seen it, again, it's the image is going to be on the show notes, but I'll just describe it to you here. So basically it's a triangle and I believe it's called like an equilateral triangle. So um, there's one point up top and then two points on the side and on the triangle, they have split different sections up inside of it to show different levels in essence. So in the very bottom level of Maslow's triangle, it talks about the basic human needs, which is we need to be able to breathe, to eat, and um, have homeostasis, excretion, and even just have sex and, um, ha and be able to sleep. So if we don't have those basic needs in our life, then that's what, in essence, we're going to be wanting every single day of our life. We're going to be waking up saying, okay, I need a meal today. Okay, I need to figure out how I'm going to breathe today. Like think about people who are in the hospital just trying to stay alive, right? They're not thinking about, hey, how am I going to rock my business goals? Most of them are thinking, wow, I just want to get through this really hard time, right? So again, if you are in a place where you're just trying to get food on the table, you just need sleep, you just want to be able to breathe and then do basic bodily functions. And I guess in some sense of the, the term, have some sort of um, sexual activity, right? Then that's likely where you're going to be focused in on. But for most of us, we have more than that. So the next level on the triangle is safety and security. And in this level, it talks about that we want to be able to, in essence, have safety and security, right? We want to be able to have employment and feel safe in our surroundings and have a house that we go to and possibly have our basic health and our family, okay? So just like people that we feel safe with, right? So again, if, if you're in a place where you know, you're really worried about paying the bills or maybe you're homeless. Maybe you have food, right? So you have that basic need, but you just don't have a home or maybe you go home and there's abuse there. Um, maybe, you know, you just don't have a lot of resources or your body health is, is fluctuating a lot. Like maybe you can breathe and, and stuff easily, but other than that, like you have a lot of health problems. So you may be in the safety security level. 
And that's what you're going to be focused on day in and day out most of the time until you're able to have those things in your life. And then the next level of the triangle is called love and belonging. And this talks about, you know, having love and belonging in your life, having friendship and family, and then not just sex, but sexual intimacy, right? Of being able to, again, feel safe with somebody and seen and loved by them. Okay. So, you know, the reason I'm sharing all this with you is I promise it has a point and I promise it really makes a big deal because again, it can show you some of the patterns in your life and where you could be stuck. And I'm going to pair this here in a minute with the base theory and how I'm I've taken this and, and put it in regards to bases. Okay. So stay with me. All right. So again, we're going through Maslow's triangle. We've talked about how, you know, it's this triangle and at the very bottom level, they've broken it up into these sections. The first is you've got to have those basic human needs. The next is safety and security. Then we've got love and belonging, right? And so then if you don't have love and belonging in your life, like you don't feel like you have, you know, in essence, like your tribe, in essence, what we used to have back in the day or our people, right? Then you're going to be focused in on that of like, oh, I want love and belonging in my life. But if you come from a family or just a group of people where you feel a lot of love, especially unconditional love, then you're able to go to the next level and you're able to have a seam. So at this level, you're going to be focusing on achievement and feeling more confident and gaining respect in your world. Okay. So most people that I encounter, they are stuck in love and belonging. Like they grew up in a house where, you know, their parents loved them enough, but maybe they weren't fully present. Maybe a parent or both the parents were emotionally abusive, um, maybe slightly physical abusive at times. That's kind of on the extreme though. It's just like the parents weren't fully present. And so the, the client of mine, and I'm putting myself in this too, because I was the same way, just didn't feel a lot of love. Okay. And so again, they, they show up at school and they're just in essence coming to school kind of needy, like, oh, I, you know, I just really want my friends and I really want this boy to like me. And if this boy likes me, then I feel better about myself. And if he breaks up with me, then I feel horrible. And so there tends to be a lot of drama around people who are stuck on this level. Okay. And what happens is if we're not able to, in essence, grow out of these patterns, that's what they create in their adult life is, you know, they're just really needy. They have unhealthy adult relationships with a partner or partners. And it's just like, you know, there's always some sort of personal drama going on, even at work too. It's just like, man, my boss is a jerk and my coworkers are weird because what happens is when we don't heal our love and belonging family drama, especially, we recreate that in our work life. And so it's always just like, oh, my boss reminds me so much of my mom or my dad or my coworkers are very catty, like my siblings or whatever. It's like, uh, yeah, because you've totally recreated that in your world because who we are is what we create. What we believe about the world is what we start to see. Okay. And so again, for most people that I encounter in my coaching, they are in love and belonging. Now, some of them and I would say a good portion of them, especially the clients I've been having more recently, they have done therapy work in the past to heal love and belonging issues. Like they knew they had a funky relationship pattern. Um, they knew that their childhood needed some cleaning up. So they went to therapy for that and it helped them enough to be able to get them to the esteem level. 
Okay. So again, I said esteem is where they're at this level where they're focused on achievement and feeling more confident and respect and, you know, putting themselves out there more and going after promotions and, you know, maybe growing their business or whatever. Okay. So think about where you may be on this because again, most fall between that love and belonging and esteem, but there's actually one level beyond that. And it's called self-actualization. And you may have heard this term. It has become more well-known in the past few years of, oh, this whole self-actualization thing. Well, they say something like only 2% of the population. I've even seen a stat of like only 0.01% of the population actually gets to this place. Who knows where they get the stat from, by the way. But it's very rare. Let's just put it at that. That somebody gets to self-actualization. So these are the people that, again, they have their basic human needs met. They feel extremely safe and secure. They feel like they have a ton of love and belonging. They feel like they have achieved in their life. They feel confident, respected. And then they get to this place where they are just able to be creative and they're highly productive. They feel a lack of judgment. Like they don't care what other people think of them. And they just deeply love and accept themselves and they accept the world as it is. They're able to just unconditionally love people. And if they're not able to unconditionally love, then they go in and they do the work to get back to that place. So in my coaching practice, where I'm trying to guide everybody to and where everybody innately is guiding themselves and wanting from coaching where they want to go is to self-actualization. Now, some of them are like, man, I just want to be able to achieve, Lindsay. I just want to make some more money. Or I just want to quit having so much drama in my head or with my loved ones. And we absolutely do that stuff in coaching too. But the idea is that I'm getting them all the way to self-actualization. Now, it might not happen in the first nine months of us coaching together, like in my, you know, standard coaching process. But the tools that I teach them, and especially if they you know, decide to do ongoing coaching with me to keep up with everything that they've learned from me, then the idea is that we're getting them to self-actualization and the goals will naturally change in time for them to get there. Like I have some newer clients right now, again, really working on like, I just want to make more money goals, or I want to clean up some of my mind drama, Lindsay, or I want to meet my, you know, ideal guy or gal. And you know, we're kind of at that love and belonging esteem place. And then I have clients that I've had for years now and myself included in this mix where it's like, we're in esteem and yeah, we want to grow our business or, you know, grow in our professional world. But we also are at a place where we are very creative. We're highly productive. We just don't really care what other people think about us as much. Um, We accept ourselves and we know what to do when we're not accepting ourselves or others. And so, you know, we're kind of at this place where it's between esteem and self-actualization. Let me tell you, it's a really cool place to be. Okay. So start to think about where are you in the hierarchy of needs? Now, when it comes to this base theory that I've put together, here's how I've taken that and put it in my world. Okay. Of this new theory I've kind of come up with. So the base theory is based on baseball bases, okay? So, you know, when you see a baseball diamond, you have home plate, first, second, and third, and then you, you know, after you go to third and you run to third, if you're a baseball player, then you're going to come in back to home and score, right? So when I started, again, to think about this 
documentary I was watching and about poverty and how people have different opportunities and it's based on hope. And I started thinking about Maslow and I started just tying in all these other things that I'll tell you about in a minute. This is kind of my zone of genius, by the way, is I'm able to take very complex things and I start to see patterns with it and I start to put together patterns. And I start like I do this with my clients when they start telling me things especially if we've worked together for a couple months, at least they'll start saying a problem in their life. And my brain will automatically start going back to stories that they've told me, especially from their past. I'm like, you know, what you're doing today is because of the pattern that was created as a child and da, 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 da. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah. Isn't that so cool? So anyways, so what I've done here is I have taken um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I've put it in regards to bases on the space vault diamond. Okay. So when I'm working with clients, I'm, I'm asking them when we're going over their memories, and this happens on the second session that we have together, I ask them, what was it like when you were born? So I'm really trying to get the story of what were you born into? And the reason why is I'm trying to figure out what base were you born on? Because whereas, you know, families can grow and change throughout the 20 something years ish that you're at home with your family, many times the base that you're born on is the base that you kind of stay at for a while, unless you start to learn your thought patterns and you start to learn what your needs are and how to change that. Okay. I'll get more into that in a minute. So I believe we're all born on a certain base. And and again, until we know what that base is and the problems of that base, it's really hard for us to be able to move on and get to another base, okay? So if we're looking at home plate, as I said, like you're just getting up and getting ready to bat, these are the people in life who, who stay stuck on this home plate are the ones who are just trying to stay alive. Like they're the ones that are born into being homeless. They may be the ones born into a lot of health problems and they're just constantly in the hospital or just, again, one health problem after another. And so from birth, they're in this place where they're just kind of stuck on home plate. And it's like they're kind of seeing these other people move around the bases around them and they're just like, They may not even notice it because they're just so consumed with trying to stay alive. Like they don't even realize maybe that a baseball game is going on and that they could even move bases because again, they're just so focused on staying alive. Okay. Now there are other people who are born on first base and this goes back to Maslow's triangle of safety and security. So these people on the space, again, they're just like wanting a, 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 a consistent home life. Like they want to make sure their parents are going to be able to pay the bills. They want to make sure that their family is going to have money for tomorrow. So a lot of times when people are born on first base, they're in a family with a lot of financial drama. And um, there may even be some health drama in there. Like a parent gets really sick or, or they get sick from time to time, but not where they're in the hospital all the time. And maybe they like just move around a lot and their parent just can't keep a job kind of thing. And so these people tend to be on first base. And again, they may start to see that other people are moving bases, 
but they may not notice as much that a baseball game is going on and that they can run bases because there's just so much drama going on on first base. And so occasionally, you know, it depends on so many factors. And I want you to take that in today. It's like, I'm very much generalizing everything I'm telling you here, right? Because I'm going to give you some stories here of like how people have been able to run bases and why they've been able to run bases. But if you're on first base, but say you grow up in a neighborhood where most people are on second base or second or third base, you're going to start to realize of like, hmm, there is a world out there for me beyond what I deal with at home all day, likely every day, right? And so then you're starting to see a different world outside of yourself versus if you're on first base in your home life and you go outside of your home to go to school or whatever, and everybody else in there is on first base, like everybody, you know, they're really struggling financially. Um, They're, you know, maybe it's like people are moving around all the time. Like this tends to be the case sometimes too with even like military families because just so much change is happening in their world. And especially if they have their parent who's in the military, they go overseas, even if they're going to war, that can be very scary for some children. Okay. And that's another point I want to make here is just because your family life was maybe deemed on paper as like, wow, you know, they moved around a lot or, you know, they had a lot of financial problems. It's not necessarily about what was happening on paper or how much money somebody had in their bank account. It's about the story of the person that it was happening to and how they interpreted it. And again, I'll go deeper into this in a minute, but It's so interesting to me when I see kids who grow up in the exact same environment and yet one of them really took in the, you know, quote unquote trauma of, you know, not having a stable home environment and to another kid in that same home, it was like no big deal. It was like, I was totally oblivious to it, or I didn't think that much of it. And I was really just thinking about da-da-da. So again, it's not about what the facts were on paper, but it was the thoughts and the stories that were created in somebody's mind that kept them on a certain base, okay? I promise this is getting to more ahas for you, okay? I know I'm taking a long time to explain all this, but it's, it's so worth it, okay? So we just talked about first base, right? Where you're on safety and security. Well, some people then are born on second base. So second base people, this is the love and belonging base. So they are born into a family where, you know, a parent or both parents are able to keep steady jobs. There's always food on the table. Like you don't really hear about money. It's not necessarily that they're wealthy. There's just a ton of safety and stability there, but there may not be a lot of love and belonging. So the parents may be a little bit cold. They may be emotionally distant. They may even be emotionally abusive here and there. Um, You know, this is again, where most people end up is on first base or second base. And some people like they'll run the bases between the two. 
it's like, oh, you know, my dad could really keep a job at some times. And when he did, then it was like he was just so much happier and I was able to get some love from him. But then he would lose his job again and then we would, you know, have to move or whatever. And so, again, it's not like you're stuck on one base and you just stay there. You, there can be opportunities for you to run bases, but it's very rare for somebody who was born on first base in life or any base, really, to then be able to go around the bases quickly and just be able to hit a home run. And so I'm, I'm sharing this with you today for you to start to see, because so many people have so much judgment about where they're at in life, and they've, in essence, too, created so much judgment about who they were as a kid, of like, oh man, there was something wrong with me, or um, I was weird, or I was different, and all this. And the reality is, is that was so not true at all. It was that they just were born on a different base. They just had their brain focused on different needs. And it was hard for them to be able to be able to compete in essence with the kids who are born on, you know, second base or third base or whatever, when they're just, you know, on first base trying to make sure that they got food on the table. Okay. So you follow me here is that we've got the first base, we've got the second base where these people are like love and belonging, where it's just like, man, I just want to make sure that I'm loved and accepted as I am. And then after that, there's third base. And third base is going back to the Maslow's triangle is the esteem category. So these kids, they know they're loved. They never really have to hear about money. It's not, again, like they're super wealthy. It's just everything's super secure and stable for them. And they are just showing up most times every day at school or in activities or with other people as just their best self pretty naturally. Sure, I mean, they've got their setbacks here and there. But for the most part, they just wake up and think, how can I achieve today? How can I go out and be myself? And I just have this general sense that most people like me or love me. I feel very strong in the world. I feel very safe in the world. And so then they're just rocking it. So these are the kids likely in school that you looked up to. These are the kids that, you know, Glennon Doyle in her latest book, Untamed, she calls them the goldens, like being golden. I love that term. It's so true. And um, so these are the kids in my high school that I really looked up to. They were smart. They achieved really well. They were just put together. You know, they were fashionable. Um, they just looked well loved. <laughs> they, um, yeah, they were kind to people. They weren't always kind, right? Because they kind of knew that they were golden. And so sometimes they were a little you know, teenagerish about it at times, you know, kind of judgy and stuff. But yeah, the rest of us, especially those of us on second base, because I believe I was born on second base, was always just like, man, how can I be like them? Why is it I can't achieve like them? Why is it so much harder for me? Why is it that they just make this whole thing look so easy, this whole life thing? And yet here I am, just really wanting somebody to pay attention to me and to love me and to make me feel accepted. And there would be times that I would feel that love and acceptance and I would get to run the bases and I would be on second and I would, you know, something would happen. Maybe I had a really 
great group of core friends. Or there were certain years I remember, especially in elementary school, where I had an amazing teacher who just loved on me. And, um, you know, in essence, I was even like the teacher's pet, like her favorite. And those years I thrived in school. I would get like awards and yeah, I would just do so many amazing things in those years because I felt so much love from my teacher or my classmates or whatever. But on the years when I didn't get along with the teacher, it really impacted me. And I was just constantly showing up at school like, oh, do I fit in? Am I loved? Can I be accepted? And I just felt really self-conscious and and all those things. And so then my grades would suffer and I wouldn't be able to put myself out there as much. So why am I sharing all this with you? It goes back again to what I said at the beginning of this podcast is I know for me, as I started to put this whole idea together, it opened up so much awareness for me because I was one of those kids as I said, was like, I was just constantly looking at third base and looking at those kids and thinking, what is it they have that I don't? And I created such a story about that in my brain that I was weird and different than there was something wrong with me. And it's so interesting because just in the past week or so, I had committed that I was going to finally put this episode out in the world. And my high school graduating class put together a Facebook group because we're coming up on our 20-year reunion here. And um, I just, I opened those doors again to how I felt in high school. You know, I hadn't seen so many of these people in almost 20 years. And it brought back a flood of memories, including some of them have posted photos, some photos I had never seen before. And I remember being awkward during those years, especially the middle school years. And I just kind of thought in my brain, like, okay, everybody's awkward in their middle school year, Lindsay. And, you know, maybe this is just an exaggerated story you've created in your head, you know, in essence, like maybe a marketing tactic to be like, look, yeah, I was so awkward in school. And now look at me now. Um, But the reality was when I saw those pictures, you know, I went back to that place of, oh my gosh, you know, here's Lindsay at this age. And I felt the feelings of that girl and I saw her body language and I saw how she was standing by herself and how awkward she was. And I was like, I was way more awkward and way more self-conscious than I ever consciously remembered. And it just took me back of, wow, it was actually even worse than I thought and how much I had to overcome it felt like every day because I grew up in a an environment for the most part where most of the kids were on third base and I just constantly thought of like what is wrong with me why can I not just be myself like they can and it was because I went home and I didn't get a lot of love and I didn't get a lot of care and um, teachings and trainings and even just like physical touch and stuff. And I'm not saying my parents were horrible. They were great. And, you know, if we look at their background, they didn't get that either. And in essence, my parents were a base runner. I think both of them were born on first base in a lot of ways, and they busted their butt to give us safety and security in our lives. And we never had to think about money or worry about money. I felt extremely safe and secure in my world. And I still do to this day. And I'm so grateful for that, that they gave me that. But they didn't know how to give me love and belonging. 
And so again, it was just like this huge story I created. And the reality was, is that I, I just, I wasn't born on third base. You know, we talk about this a lot with privilege lately of, you know, recognizing privilege and people who come out and say, look at how successful I've been, but they don't realize that they were born on third base is a term that I've heard, right? And that, again, kind of fed into the space theory thing, right? And they hit this home run, which I consider a home run, um, self-actualization. And I believe that nobody can hit a home run without doing some sort of personal development work because our brain is just not wired for it. Unless we were modeled intentionally by people we grew up with, or maybe we have a mentor at some point, or like I said, a coach that will teach us these things. I just don't believe anybody can hit a home run unless they know how to train their brain to get there. And again, that's that self-actualization place, right? And I mentioned earlier, you know, something like only 2% or less of the population get there. And that's because I would guess that's the amount of people who do the kind of work like coaching, you know, they can read books and maybe they get, you know, little tidbits here and there. Maybe they go to conferences here and there. But I just believe that unless you have somebody that's holding your hand and guiding you and teaching you like a mentor or a coach or a teacher would to get you to that self-actualization place, I just believe you won't get there unless um, somebody teaches you. So Again, you know, I go back to, I think of another story of when my coaching business was just a few years old. So I started my coaching business in 2014. So I think this was like 2015, 2016. And um, you, those of you who are on in the online space, you may know of Jenna Kutcher. And I remember when she hit the scene, at least in my world, when I became aware of her, when I first came across her, I was like, here is this girl and she's in her 20s. She's a lot younger than me, and yet she just comes out here, and it looks so natural for her to just be so authentic, and yet she's so strategic in the way she's authentic, and people were just buying up her stuff left and right, and before my eyes, she turned into this millionaire, and I just remember myself being so envious of her, and again, thinking like, what it, how does she make this so easy? Like, what does she have that I don't? Why can't I just go out there and put myself out there like she does and look at how young she is and she's achieving the success before I am and when I started putting together the space theory I was like ah I get it now Jenna was born on third base and so it's very easy for Jenna to achieve and it's very easy and I say easy in a term like of course Jenna has her setbacks right but it's easier for her than somebody born on second base per se to be able to go out and do that stuff. And so again, I was like, wow, Lindsay, okay. So all you've got to do is just continue to work on these love and belonging, you know, quote unquote issues so that you can be firmly planted on third base and be able to achieve and to be able to go after what you want and to be able to have esteem and confidence. And it really allowed me to focus in on where my work was. And again, I do this with clients as I have them take an assessment called a needs assessment. And this is an assessment that was developed by um, two people. Tony Robbins is one of them. And many of you know, I'm not a huge Tony Robbins fan, but he has some good stuff out there, including this assessment. And he developed this assessment with somebody, and I believe you pronounce her name, Chloe Mad Madanis. But they came up with this 
six human needs assessment. And on that assessment, it's basically assessing what are the biggest needs that you're needing in your life right now. And so the first two are certainty. So basically just like having basic certainty in your life and you really like having that. And the flip of that is uncertainty. And I believe that the people who test the highest for certainty and uncertainty are the ones who were probably born on first base. They're the ones that just did not have a lot of um, stability in their life. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, again, lots of money issues here and there. And so, you know, they just are really wanting to have that safety and security under their belt. And you may ask, Lindsay, okay, well, I get why the stability people or the certainty people would be on first base with safety and security, but why would the uncertainty people? And my belief is that sometimes when we have an environment that is so unstable, we then continue to manifest that because the instability of it feels like home to us. And so we just constantly want change and things to change around us so that we can feel that familiar feeling of having uh, a lack of security almost. Yeah. Again, I'm totally generalizing here, my friend. I don't want you to be like, well, Lindsay, you know, this was wrong with their theory. And that's why this is just a theory, my friend. It's not perfect. It's just something for you to think about and think, hmm, how could this relate to me? Okay. Now, those who test on the human needs assessment as love and connection, as that's their basic need, I believe then that they are either born on second base or they're still stuck on second base. And we've got to get them then to third base. And so if the human need assessment comes back and they're showing that growth or maybe even significance, because significance is like, oh, I would just want to feel really significant in the world. Significance to me is like somebody who might be a base runner. It's like between second and third. It's like, oh, I need a little love and belonging with feeling, you know, really good about myself. And I really want to achieve in the process. Okay. But then the next one is growth. So if somebody comes back with a human needs and they have growth as one of their top needs, I'm like, okay, this is somebody who is on third base. And then if somebody comes back with the human needs of they have um, contribution, that to me is showing that they're in third base and they're rounding around the corner and they're about to hit home plate. And again, like this isn't perfect. In a baseball game, sometimes we run to a plate and then it's like, hey, you got to go back to the other plate, buddy. Like you're not ready for this plate yet. It's not like you're just on one base and you stay there. It's that um, you have opportunities sometimes to move up and maybe move up a little bit. Then something happens in your world and you have new things that you need to clean up in your mindset. It may take you back to another plate. Like for example, right now I'm on third base rounding around to, to fourth. So my top needs are growth and contribution and, um, that's because I have a lot of safety and stability in my world and I have a lot of love and belonging and all that stuff. And I do wonder sometimes it's like if something really big rocked my world, like, you know, my husband and I got a divorce or I had an unexpected death, would I move back on one of the bases? Or is it that I'm, my mindset is so strong now and I have the tools to keep that my mindset strong that I'm just now permanently, you know, on third base, moving to home now. And again, we don't know until it happens. You know, I talked a lot with my clients about 
when we're growing, sometimes it's new level, new double. And sometimes I will get a client to third base and then something big will happen in their relationship. And maybe then, you know, they've got some mindset things come up for them. Some, some things we need to feel, deal, and heal. And maybe they move back a little bit to second base. But then we know enough about their mindset. They've got the tools for success. They have me to lean on and strategically kind of place them in these ways that they may not even be knowing that I'm doing with something like the base theory. And I'm bringing them back of like, okay, here's what we need to clean up so we can get you back on third base. So then I can get you firmly on third base. So you never have to go back to second base again. And let's get you to home plate. And let's just get you thriving beyond your wildest dreams. Because to me, when you're on third base and you're achieving, for most people who have been on another base in life, they're like, damn, I've made it. I freaking made it, people. Look at me. I am succeeding in my career. But what happens is that starts to fade in time. They start to maybe experience a little burnout. Maybe they just start to think like, isn't there something deeper to life here? They just feel a little unfulfilled. And that's where they're like, okay, I know there's got to be more here. I want to tap into like the deepest levels of my creativity. I want to just not care what anybody thinks about me anymore. I just want to be able to fully be myself without any sort of restrictions. And again, that's where, you know, coaching comes into play. You have to do some sort of mindset work. That's my belief in order to get to that home plate. So as I said, most of my clients, when they're coming to me, they are maybe on second base. They're usually a base runner between second and third base. And many of my clients now these days, even when they're starting with me, are on third base. And they're like, I'm doing really good. I'm rocking it. I'm ready to get to fourth. Now, it's very rare that I've gotten somebody that's on first base. It used to be a bigger thing, especially when my prices were lower. And I really feel like most people who are on first base, and they may be rounding the corner to second base, they are a better fit for therapy. So if they're still trying to get safety and security in their world and get stability in their world, they just want to feel basic love and belonging. Again, I think therapy is a better start for that. It's not always the case. Somebody could be ready for coaching out of that. You know, I've, I've definitely plucked people out. I mean, even if you hear some of the stories on the podcast from clients in my past, you know, I talk about it's like, oh, you were really on the brink of I didn't know if it was therapy or coaching. Because really, they were probably just a little bit on second base that I was like, okay, I think maybe we have a strong enough footing here on second base that we can get you to third base. And it's it I must admit like that's it's been it's hard on the coach. It's it's hard on me because um, I've got to build so much more belief in them to really make sure that they never go back to first base again. Just so much safety and security in their world. Um, and we have to do a lot of beliefs with that. And there are times when they get really upset with me and they may question if I'm a safe person, right? And so again, it's like, like I had a consult, for example, last week. And on our application, everything looked really good. Even on our consult call, I was kind of on the fence about her, but I was like, okay, I think she's strong enough on second base that I could take her to third. But then after we had the consult, some things started coming up for her. We ended up having another brief conversation and it became more and more clear to me that she was more 
on first base. She needs more safety and security in her life. She needs to clean up a little bit more of the love and belonging stuff. And so I told her, I, I'm not sure you're ready. I, I'm going to send you to therapy instead. That's what my suggestion is. You can do what you want, of course, but that's my suggestion. So anyways, sharing this with you again to see, okay, what base are you on? Where do you think you fall? And know too that there are so many people out there who just run the bases with ease. And just because you're born on a certain base doesn't mean you have to stay there. You know, my husband, for example, I believe he was born on first base. He did not have a lot of safety and security in his life. You know, even at one point in his life, his house was foreclosed on. And had it not been for a family member having an extra house um, that was like randomly given to them because nobody in his family really had money. Um, they would have been potentially homeless. So, but his mom was just so loving. Like, like he never um, felt like he was unloved. And so he was able to run between first and second base. And my husband is also, and I'm going to do another podcast on this one because I've been researching this a lot more too about human brains. And there's somebody that I follow. I, I'm even going to reach out to her and see if she'll come on the show. But she talked about one time that there's two kinds of brains that they found in the research. What in essence is a more sensitive brain. And these are like the more deep feeling people and the less sensitive brain. And my husband, it's just, he's not as much of a sensitive brain. Like things happened in his home that he just didn't really deem as like that big of a deal. And his brain didn't develop this deep emotion around it to, to, to build these really strong, you know, what we call like limiting beliefs or bullet holes around that. It was just like, oh, well, this is why it happened. No big deal. He's very logical like that. Whereas he grew up with siblings who were more sensitive and his siblings did not end up on a base as close as what his was. And so Again, it's like they grew up in the exact same environment, but because my husband just doesn't have as sensitive of a brain, he was able to move the bases faster. And again, it's really just always going back to how we interpret things, what our brain kind of wraps around. Because for me, again, it's like there could have been so many times where I could have just looked at everything from a logical standpoint of, oh, well, the reason I'm not achieving as much is because it's obvious that, you know, these parents, you know, are more um, emotionally stable than my parents and no big deal. It doesn't mean anything about me. Right. But to my brain, it was like, again, what's wrong with me? La la la. And I just developed all these stories that I've had to peel back over and over again and do a lot of healing around because my brain just really held on to those stories for a long time. Okay. Whew. What do you think about this episode? I hope you have takeaways from this. I hope it makes sense to you. I would love your feedback on this episode. It, as I always say, it's always weird for me to put out new things, especially on the podcast because I'm putting it on a more public setting versus like if I share something with a client or if I teach something in one of my coaching process, then I can get feedback in the immediate of like, what do you think about that? Does that really resonate with you? Because um, again, I know for me, this really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And um, again, I just, I just, 
I, when I see people struggling with certain things, I'm like, okay, this is just a second base issue. Or if we look at Maslow's triangle, this is just a love and belonging issue. Okay, here's what I need to clean up to be able to get this person to this level. And okay, now I know where the, to get them to this level. Because ideally, where we're all wanting is to get to self-actualization. That's what our deep soul desire is, is to get to that place where we just don't care about anybody. We love everybody though un, un, um, unconditionally and we're able to just be our full selves and be creative and, you know, give the best of us in essence, right? And just, yes, be able to achieve and have a seam and all that stuff. But really, again, like that stuff just doesn't matter as much as being able to be, you know, our full selves, Okay. So thanks for tuning into this episode. I encourage you to come back on Wednesday's episode. I'm going to be talking about how to overcome society's setbacks. And I feel like it's a really good episode to tie in with this one because, you know, if you're not born on third base or, you know, being able to hit a home run, you're likely somebody who feels like, you know, there's a setback in your life. And we're going to be talking about race and gender discrimination, because even though we have these bases, right, and these different needs that we have, I do believe that race and gender plays into that as well and creates a different level on these bases. Whereas for white males, they can tend to be able to run the bases faster because the system has been set up for them. So, we're going to talk all about it and how to, in essence, thrive in a society that may not be set up for you to thrive in unless you're a white male. And I'm talking about statistics with that because we all know that that is very much generalizing things and not everybody has an easy life and all that stuff. I totally get that. But I really want to make sure that you're able to show up and have your best life, even if the statistics are against you, if you're a person of color or a woman. Okay, so join me for that episode and I'll see you there. Bye. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember, you're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.